right, listeners, welcome to another episode of Pod of Two Halves. This is episode 12. My name is Logan Dean. I'm your host. And uh, sadly, co-host Andres won't be able to join us today due to some scheduling issues that came up, but no worries. I'll do my best to make it just as entertaining as our usual episodes. Uh, But a quick note, actually, you can catch Andres and his wonderful daughter, Sonia, as they recorded uh, pre-match and post-match reactions during uh, Saturday's Houston Dynamo versus FC Dallas game, which they went to. So that's a bonus episode. Check it out on the feed. And uh, it's very quick, but very worthwhile for listening. So today's episode, we are going to have three segments. We're going to start with uh, the Premier League review of this past match week, match week five, and the games that happened on the weekend. In our second segment, Dine and Dash and Discourse, talk about the Houston Dynamo and uh, kind of update some little stuff about the Houston Dash. And then finally, in the third segment of today's episode, in World and Other News, just give you an idea of some of the matches that are coming up this week. Got some cup competition, etc. So without further ado, as I want to say, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, Premier League review of the action this past weekend. So uh, you may recall that the standout match that... Uh, we highlighted when we did our preview was uh, Tottenham versus Chelsea, and that took place on this past Sunday. And uh, you may even recall that Andres pointed out some of the defensive lackings for Tottenham and that uh, those would come to bear, especially with Lukaku in the side for Chelsea. And Andres predicted that Chelsea was going to win 3-0 despite it being at Tottenham. And I predicted that Chelsea was going to win 2-0. So pretty much the same idea, just closely. Well, uh, as it turned out to be, Chelsea won the, the match 3-0, albeit from a very last, late, late, late goal in the 90-plus-2 minutes of only four minutes of stoppage time at the end of the game. In the second of those, uh, Rudiger got their third. But let me go ahead and back up and start with how this game all sort of played out. Um, so this was truly... A game of two halves, which yes, that's our, that cliche is the inspiration for our podcast name, Pod of Two Halves. Uh, the first half, was, especially in the opening 30 minutes, neither team could really make too much threats or really grab the game by the scruff of the neck, if you will. They just kind of kept canceling each other out in midfield, playing very well and very quick, but they were covering, both teams were covering very well. And um, after about 30 minutes, the pace of that frenzied back and forth, and not frenzied back and forth as if they were going all the way down the length of the field, like a very open game, but just who was holding possession kept changing so quickly. That started to slow down uh, with about 10 minutes left in the first half, but still no real dominance uh, expressed from either team. Then at halftime, uh, Chelsea's coach, Tuchel, he made what would turn out to be a very influential substitution, and in that uh, he subbed on uh, Angolo Conte, midfielder. He subbed him on for Mason Mount, who was kind of playing a right attacking midfielder in uh, the beginning of the second half. And that changed up their formation so that they actually were no longer mismatched in the middle of the field against. Uh, Tottenham, because Tottenham's formation was four across the back, one defensive midfielder, Holdberg, two 
midfielders, Lo Celso and Ndombele, one attacking midfielder, Dele Alli, and then up top two players with Harry Kane and Kim Yang Tung. So that's a 4-1-2-1-2, if you're kind of keeping that picture in your head. Whereas Chelsea had a three, three in the back, four across the mid, two in like an attacking mid position, and one out-and-out striker. So a 3-4-2-1. What's important there is that that midfield for Tottenham is a four-diamond, whereas the midfield for Chelsea is four across, like flat in the midfield, and then two attacking midfielders. But effectively, that means that the two center midfielders for Chelsea were Kovacic and Jorginho were having to try to cope with always an extra man or even two in the midfield against them in the center of the park for Tottenham. So when Tuchel, Chelsea's coach again, when he made a substitution, put Ngalo Kantehan for Mason Mount, he changed the formation up so that it uh, it put a diamond or a triangle of three players in the middle of Chelsea's lineup. And then they just sort of basically went into basically a two uh, attackers of Kyle Havertz and Lukaku and said Lukaku up top on zone. And uh, how influential was that? Well, it actually uh, resulted in a goal for Chelsea in the 49th minute. So all of three and a half minutes into the second half, boom, it reaped rewards. Uh, and then eight minutes later, the substitute himself in the 57th minute would score. I mean, it's a, very, it's a fortunate goal. And he cracked a shot from outside the 18, probably about the 20-yard line. But it took a wicked deflection off Eric Dyer, I believe, and uh, went on to Tottenham's goal. But Chelsea were the ones who were attacking and started to peg back Tottenham. Um, and uh, so that goal maybe itself was fortunate. But for the overall quality of play in the second half, Chelsea definitely deserved to get a second goal, perhaps not that quickly, but at some point in the second half. Chelsea would continue to dominate the second half, and uh, probably for that reason, that dominance, they I could say they deserved their third goal, even though it was, as I said in the beginning, you know, two minutes into the four minutes of added time at the end of the match. Uh, so that was the story of Tottenham-Chelsea. Chelsea just absolutely dominated and hammered them. Uh, and I got to say, my the marketing... Uh, gamble that Chelsea took by signing Christian Pulisic, or part of it was, oh, this could help us get more American fans. And I am somebody who, historically, I have strongly disliked Chelsea, partially just because of who all they played in the past, and also because they used to be like the nouveau riche or the new rich money club in the Premier League back in the uh, late 90s. Um, and then they just had some unlikable characters like John Terry, et cetera, uh, on their playing squad um and their owner is like a russian billionaire and he's based which is effectively like a bond villain uh so for all those reasons i was always against chelsea but ever since pulisic got signed for them last year you know in the summer transfer window i find myself now gradually coming around to chelsea and it so much so that in this game despite the fact that pulisic is still injured so he wasn't even on the bench i found myself cheering almost if not fully for Chelsea to get the win over Tottenham, which is uh, surprising. So I really, I'm not quite sure what to make of that or how I feel about that effect, but uh, just being honest and sharing with you, listener, I, that marketing ploy by Chelsea has certainly worked. And you know, sucking in my uh, cheering for Pulisic and therefore wanting his team to have some success 
has made me really look at Chelsea's new eyes has been a slow progression of like, oh, well, Kovacic in the midfield is a good player, and Golo Conte is a good player. This and slowly it ends up that I just enjoy the whole team running around on the field. So, way to go on that end. Um, the other match in the Premier League that uh, we said was maybe uh, a worthwhile one to watch was also uh, on this Sunday, and that was West Ham versus Manchester United. And uh, that game did turn out to be quite close. Uh, West Ham ended up losing 1-2. to two. So this was at West Ham, but Manchester United won. But uh, West Ham went ahead in the 30th minute by a goal by Ben Rama. It took a pretty wicked deflection. Um, and then five minutes later, Ronaldo got a goal. And that was coming off of like an over-top cross that he did a deaf little flick with his right outside of his boot. Keeper got to it, but keeper couldn't hold on to it. And so in the deflection, Ronaldo was right there to put it in. Went into halftime, 1-1. Probably the first half probably belonged to West Ham. Um, and then the second half gradually belonged more and more to Manchester United. But it looked like they weren't going to be able to crack through and get the goal. Uh, but finally, in the 89th minute, Jesse Lingard uh, whipped in a shot from... Uh, the top left corner of the box, of West Ham's box, and uh, curled it over, you know, just past the keeper, giving Manchester United the lead 2-1, to one, again, in the 89th minute. Then, this is what might be worth watching the highlights, listener, is in the 93rd minute, so three minutes of four minutes of added time, uh, there's a handball on Luke Shaw uh, right inside the Manchester United box. They do a VAR, video-assisted review, and check it out. Sure enough, handball confirmed. Give the penalty. Now, West Ham would step up here now with an opportunity to get the tie if they could score this PK. They sub on sort of veteran of the team, long-time player, stalwart, and, you know, captaining force, Mark Noble. He's yet to touch a ball. He's subbed on purely for the purpose of taking this PK. And it turns out that he takes an okay PK to his right to... Uh, Manchester United's goalkeeper De Gea has left, but it is saveable, and De Gea does save it, and it put, calls into question the wisdom of uh, David Moyes, who's the coach for West Ham, subbing on a player to take, basically choosing to have the PK taken by a player who hasn't touched the ball. Usually, kind of need to get in the flow to have the full confidence and everything, and uh, it did not work out this time. So I'm sure he'll get uh, a little pilloried for that. Um, other notable games, though. There were some upsets this weekend. So on uh, Saturday, uh, September 18th, um, the first upset it's worth noting is that uh, Man City was held to a 0-0 draw by Southampton. That was definitely not expected by Andres and myself and almost anybody. Um, and then uh, also on Saturday, Austin Villa beat Everton 3-0. And just case in point with how unexpected those were, uh, for the Man City versus Southampton match, Andres and I, let me check it out here, uh, Andres had predicted a 4-0 victory for Man City, I predicted a 2-0 victory for Man City, so that 0-0 draw was quite unexpected, and for the uh, Aston Villa versus Everton match, Andres actually predicted a pretty close uh, win. Oh, he, he predicted a 2-1 victory for Aston Villa, whereas I predicted a 2-0 uh, victory for Everton. So uh, he was actually you know, relatively on the right page of that, although the scoreline was far more than either of us expected. 
another upset was on Sunday. Um, Sunday morning game, Brighton versus Leicester. And that one, Brighton ended up winning 2-1, surprisingly. Uh, Andres was closer on that prediction with a 1-1 draw prediction, but I had predicted that Leicester would win 2-0. Certainly very few people expected Brighton to uh, get the win here, but sure enough, they did. So that is a rundown of the Premier League action from this past match week. And uh, going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come on back, we'll come back with our second segment, Dine and Dash and Discourse. All right, listener, be back in a minute. I love soccer. I love podcasts. If only there was a way to bring the dualities of these two parts of my life together. Now there is. Pod of Two Halves podcast. I listen to new episodes as soon as they drop, Mondays and Fridays. Look for Pod of Two Halves anywhere you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe. Okay, listeners, and we're back for the second segment in episode 12 of Pod of Two Halves. Uh, so this segment is Dine and Dash and Discourse. So actually, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, the Houston Dynamo. You may recall the Houston Dynamo had a game on Saturday. Uh, Houston Dynamo versus FC Dallas, so a, a local derby, no less. And actually, uh, we had spoken during the last episode that this was the final of three games in one week. So again, those previous results were on Saturday, September 11th, Houston beat Austin FC 3-0 in Houston. Then on Wednesday, September 15th, Houston went away to LA Galaxy and drew 1-1. And then this match, there's just this past Saturday, September 18th, uh, Houston versus FC Dallas. So uh, before go any further and telling you what all happened in this game, I want to go ahead and, if you haven't checked it out already, there's a bonus episode before this episode that is the on-location recording by Andres and his wonderful daughter, Sonia. I'm going to go ahead and drop it in the episode here as well. And so you can go ahead and give that a listen. They have a pre-match where they kind of give their thoughts and predictions, and then they have a post-match reaction. And I'm going to be including both of those into this segment of this episode. So without further ado, take it away, Andres and Sonia. Yo, 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 it's Andres, part two halves, extra time, bonus episode, woo, 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 on location. It's the Houston Dynamo versus FC Dallas, Saturday, September 18th, BBVA Stadium. All right, I'm here with the kiddo, Sonia. Say hello. Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're going to watch the game. Are you excited? Yes, I'm very excited. All right, all right. So, what do you think is going to happen? I think, of course, Dynamo will win. Um, so I think they're probably going to have, like, two goals. All right, all right. Do you think Dallas will score any? Mm, I think they'll get, like, close to scoring one or maybe score one, but, like, they'll still win. Awesome. So, like, a, a two to zero or a two to one? Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, cool, cool. Um, that That's actually pretty close to, to what I would be predicting. I mean, we, we're coming in. Uh, on good form with the new formation, with the bringing in Quintero to the starting lineup. Hopefully, we keep Corona in the starting lineup for a majority of the game. And I could see your point. We could get a few early goals in, 
Hopefully the, the, the defense will step up, which they have been lately, and we could get that 2-0 to zero win, hopefully. And, hey, if they get one, that's fine, but still, as long as we win, right? right? All right, all right. So we'll probably check back in around halftime. If not, we'll check in after the game. But for now, let's go Dynamo! Woo! All right. So as you heard right there, uh, Andres and Sonia pretty much agreed on a prediction of Houston Dynamo winning 2-0 or maybe 2-1, especially if there could be a benefit of early goals. And so now let's go ahead and talk about the action of the game. So Houston Dynamo did in fact get off to a quick start. Uh, Dorsey scored in the fifth minute, which was absolutely wonderful. Again, he, uh, he's been on a good run of scoring early goals. You may recall they scored in the first minute uh, last weekend when Houston hosted Austin FC. And uh, then Houston continued to dominate the game in terms of um, more attacking threats and movement. And uh, Fafa Picot, he scored in the 20th minute to make the score 2-0 Houston Dynamo. Just a quick note, Fafa has uh, came to Houston Dynamo for the season from FC Dallas. The Dynamo has played FC Dallas three times, and he has scored three goals. Uh, so a good little track record there. Uh, then in the, so the half ended with Houston up 2-0. And uh, in the 59th minute, uh, Tim Parker, uh, one of our center backs, actually was all the way up in the box, uh, I believe for a corner, when he got uh, hacked down as he was reaching for one of the deflection balls. Uh, to continue carrying it across the box to hopefully take a shot or pass it. He got uh, fouled, and so Houston Dynamo were awarded a PK. Darwin Quintero stepped up, and he put it away. So Houston Dynamo, at that point in the 59th minute, had a 3-0 lead. Now, if we continue into the half, uh, basically it was the same sort of Dynamo. Maybe didn't they definitely didn't have the possession. And FC Dallas were getting some shots, and there were actually a few very good saves by uh, Nelson once again. But um, Dynamo were continuing to threaten moving forward and kind of keep Dallas in check. It must have been a little bit of a loss of focus, actually, because there was an unprotected runner in the 86th minute. And so O'Brien for FC Dallas scored in the 86th minute, so that made it 3-1. to one. And then, in fact, he would score a second time in 90-plus-4. Uh, there was actually seven minutes of stoppage time put up on the board, and in the fourth of those seven minutes, the same player, Jader Oberon, for FC Dallas scored again, making the final score 3-2. But no worries. Houston Dynamo were able to hold on to the win for a grand total of three points. So let's go ahead and get their reaction, since they were live at the game, by Andres and Sonia. All right, listeners, this is... The second segment on this uh, pot of two halves, extra time on location. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was busy, couldn't get to y'all at halftime. So this is the post-match reaction. Uh, first half started off great. We were up. What was it? One and zero, Sonia. Uh huh. After ha- after the first half, yep, that was that was awesome. It was a quick goal. Oh wait, after first half it was two to zero. So they first... scored two in the first half. Yeah. Who scored the two? Fafa scored the first one, right? Uh huh. And then, who got the second one? But it was in the first half. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. We were we were up two to zero at halftime, 
And for most of the second half, uh, we, we came out much of the same, Dynamo attacking. Um, Dallas didn't have much offensively. Um, and then late in the game, I'd say, what, it was like the 79th-ish around there? Yeah. Okay. Um, we were awarded a, a penalty. Parker was brought down in the box. Uh, Darwin steps up, take the PK. 3-0, Dynamo after 80 minutes. How are you feeling after those three goals, Sonia? I feel pretty good. I I really enjoyed the game. I thought that Dynamo did awesome. I was really surprised that yeah. they made a third goal. Yeah, yeah, no, they did look really good. Unfortunately, you know, towards the end of the game, they uh, they gave up a goal, a counterattacking goal. Um, it was pretty frustrating. There was a play down the right side, through pass, split two defenders. Their winger came on on the right side, smacked it first time. Or well, it was more of a scoop. He kind of chipped Nelson. Um, and then they get a second one off of a again off the right side counterattack, falls to to player Dallas player at the edge of the 18, just smacks it. Game goes three two. The the ref gives seven minutes of stoppage time. I swear it felt like he ended up giving twenty, because we were there for a very long time. But Dynamo held it held it down, got the win three to two. Texas is orange, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. All right. Well, you heard it straight from the source, listener. So sure enough. Houston Dynamos uh, won the match 3-2. to two. Way to end a uh, three matches in eight days uh, run. They got both of their home games they won, and then they drew away for a total of seven out of nine points. Pretty awesome. Uh, fourth, that's worth. That moves uh, Houston Dynamo up to 26 points. Does not move them up any places. They're still in 12th place in the West, and again, there are only 13 teams in the West, so they're right above Austin FC. Uh, but they did claw FC Dallas closer, who were right above them in 11th with 27 points. More to the point, though, for the playoff picture, <laughs> if that's even a possibility. Uh, we have eight games left, and currently 7th place is occupied by Minnesota United, who have 34 points. So we would need to make up eight points in eight games. And I should note that most of the other teams in the West have only played 24 or 25 games, whereas... The Houston Dynamo are one of two teams who have played 26 games. So, uh, the next match, as it so happens, actually is uh, against, is away to Minnesota United. That'll be Saturday, September 25th. It'll kick off at 7 p.m. Central Time, as always, the only time that matters. And uh, just a little bit of a preview of that. So, the last time Houston played Minnesota was in Houston. And Houston lost one to two. Uh, away previously before that, uh, the season they played one other time, and that was Saturday, August seventh. So it was like the period, the first game that I just mentioned. The, la- the latest one was Saturday, August twenty eighth, when Houston lost at home uh, one to two. And then two and a half weeks before that, or three weeks before that, on uh, Saturday, August seventh, away to Minnesota, Minnesota won two nil. So by those standards, uh, does not look too promising but if we were to continue this run it would be absolutely wonderful and uh we're once again gonna have three matches 
in eight days, similar to what we just experienced. So we're going to have a way to Minnesota on Saturday, September 25th. Then in the middle of the week, we're going to have a home game where we're going to host Vancouver Whitecaps. That'll be on Wednesday, September 29th. And uh, that'll be at 8 p.m. Central Time. And then on Sunday, October 3rd, uh, we're going to, Houston Dynamo will we'll be away to Sporting KC. And that'll be at 3 p.m. Central Time. So away to Minnesota, home against Vancouver, away to Sporting KC, three games in eight days starting this upcoming weekend on Saturday. So that is it for the Dine part of Dine and Dash. Let's go ahead and touch into the Dash real quick. So the Dash, once again, did not have a game this weekend. And in fact, their next game won't be until this upcoming weekend. And that match is going to be this upcoming Sunday, September 26th. It's a way to Racing Louisville. And it'll be on at 2 p.m. Central Time. And I had previewed in the last episode, but just a quick rehash, we've played Racing Louisville twice before this season. Previously, all of almost a month ago, where Houston Dash at home beat Racing Louisville 1-0. And then before that, Sunday, June 20th, uh, racing away to Racing Louisville, Racing Louisville beat the Houston Dash 1-0. So they're kind of evenly tied for that. And the Houston Dash currently sit in 7th place out of 10 teams, where you need to get to 6th place in order to make the playoffs. They are tied on points with 6th place Washington Spirit. And if they were to pick up the win, uh, they could catch up with the Chicago Red Stars, who have played 19 games, whereas Houston Dash have only played 18. And the Chicago Red Stars in 5th have 26 points. So if the Dash could beat Racing Louisville, they would also have 26 points on 19 games. And so they could catch right on up to Chicago Red Stars. So that is what's on the agenda for the Houston Dash. It's also notable, though, I'm a little off the field. Well, on the field news, I guess. So Christine Nairn is uh, a player for the Houston Dash. Who actually, she just played her last game this past weekend. And that's because although the Dash didn't have any competitive games, they went ahead and had their first ever international friendly. So they played a women's team, a club team from another country, in this case from Mexico the Liga Feminel, uh, they played Tigres, and the Houston Dash won 5-1. In that game, that was, like I said, that was the last game for uh, Houston Dash player Christine Nairn. And in fact, you can find a Wall Street article from this weekend, I believe Friday's edition, or the weekend edition, describing how she is retiring, despite the fact that she, and I'm paraphrasing here, she thinks she could play for another 10 years. Uh, but honestly, the pay with what she can get, and she's going to start. She's going to retire from playing soccer in order to become a firefighter. And the, one of the main reasons for that is that the pay and the benefits starting out as a firefighter surpass that of the NWSL, which is just sort of a sad testament to how much, how little money that the women's players get, and how far they have to go in order to make it like a truly possible way of life because as it turns out most dynamo players or sorry most houston dash players have to have you know a side job or multiple side jobs in order to make ends meet um unless of course you happen to represent the u.s women's national team in which case there's this whole convoluted thing where the national team pays for a good chunk of the salary through the nwsl but just wanted to make that quick note 
about uh, Christianity. Oh, and on some other international news regarding, um, well, that's not international news, sorry, some international news regarding the Houston Dash. Uh, we had a few players who uh, actually played this past week for their national squads. So Rachel Daly, our forward, she got the start for England as England beat North Macedonia 8-0. That was the first of uh, the European qualifiers for the next Women's World Cup, which will be in 2023. And then U.S. players, Christy Mewis, got a start for the U.S. Women's National Team when they had a friendly against Paraguay. That was on Thursday, September 16th. She played pretty well. She subbed off in the 59th. She subbed off, or Alex Morgan subbed on for her. Uh, also, Abby Del Kemper, our new, relatively new addition as a center back, subbed on for the U.S. Women's National Team in the 71st. Jane Campbell, our goalkeeper, was there. She's been named to the squad. She was on the bench. She did not get to play. And another quick note, Michelle Alouazi, uh, I believe she got called in for the Nigerian national team, although I couldn't quite find out if and when they have a friendly coming up. But, uh, so yeah, that is the Dash part of uh, Dine and Dash and Discourse. And as for Discourse, uh, I gotta be honest, I don't have too much except to say that I uh, found out a little more information about that uh, Hispanic Heritage Month uh, special training top that we briefly touched on in the last episode. And uh, that's actually going to be it looks like they're going to be worn by the players as training tops, and then for each player, presumably, they're going to auction off that training top in a silent auction, I believe, starting October 1st. So we will see if we can uh, build anything out of that. But um, that is it. All right, listener, I'm uh, going to go ahead and take a break real quick, but when I get back, we're going to do the third and final segment, World and Other News. See you in a moment. Logan here again, this time to ask you, listener, to help us by supporting our podcast. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's the greatest cause in the world, or that it's even a good cause, or even a cause. But you know what comes after a cause? B-cause. You should support our podcast because you like what you're hearing. And real talk, we need to keep the lights on. So if you could click on the support link under our show description in Spotify or whatever app you're listening to us on, or you can even find us on Twitter at pod of underscore two halves it's all spelled out so that's p-o-d-o-f underscore t-w-o-h-a-l-v-e-s pod of underscore two halves that's for us on twitter and whatever you can give whatever you contribute is greatly appreciated so we can keep providing the content you like listen to Listeners, and we're back for the third and final segment of episode 12, Pod of Two Halves. And this section, segment three, is let me see if I can do as well as Andres does. World and other news. Done that. Done that. All right. So, as far as world and other news is concerned, uh, during this week on Tuesday, in the truly international flavor, the Women's World Cup qualification qualification is going to continue for the European region. There are a whole bunch of matches, the ones that you can easily catch if you have Paramount Plus, I believe, are uh, Luxembourg versus England, and that'll kick off on 1.15 p.m. Again, that's on this upcoming Tuesday, uh, September 21st. And yes, that is Impact on Paramount Plus. And then, uh, where hopefully you could catch Rachel Daly. Also, you can catch at 9 a.m. 
Germany versus Serbia. It'll also be on Paramount Plus. And uh, another international that's going to be a friendly is uh, the U.S. women are going to take on Paraguay for a second time. Uh, they already beat them 9-0 uh, when they played them this past Thursday. So they're going to play them again at uh, 7.30. And I think that's going to be on FS1 or FS2, but double-check because I don't have consistent listings for those. Um, some other action that's taking place is on starting on Tuesday and carrying over into Wednesday is going to be the third round of the English Football League EFL Cup, also known as the Carabao Cup because that's who it's sponsored by. And a quick note here, Carabao is an energy drink kind of in, um, I believe, in Asia. It's more popular, although it's obviously spread to England, hence the marketing and naming rights for that tournament. But the Carabao is like a effectively a water buffalo. So it's not a caribou, it's just like a water buffalo that you see in, you know, Vietnam or other video um, wildlife in that area. So, there are going to be uh, a whole bunch of matches, but the interesting ones that stand out for Tuesday, again, September 21st, uh, you can catch Fulham first leads, kicking off at 1.45pm, so just for my Fulham favoritism. Uh, another potential close one could be uh, two Premier League teams, Norwich, versus Liverpool, that's also kicking off at 1.45pm, and you can catch those on ESPN+. Plus. Another one that might be worth watching is QPR versus Everton, also at 1.45pm, and on Wednesday, some of the EFL Carabao Cup matches that we have that are worth catching is Chelsea versus Austin Villa at 1.45pm, again on ESPN+, Plus. and Manchester United versus West Ham, and they just played this past weekend, where Manchester United won away to West Ham, 1-2, so we'll see how well they do on this, and that's, uh, again, going to be at 1.45pm on ESPN+, Plus and the final interesting match, at least, of uh, the EFL Cup third round is Wolves versus Tottenham at 1.45pm on Wednesday, and that's also on ESPN+. Plus. So that is it for World and Other News, and in fact, that wraps up this 12th episode of Pod of Two Halves. Just a real quick note, uh, you already know that you can reach out to us on Twitter at any time at pod of underscore two halves. That's P-O-D-O-F underscore T-W-O-H-A-L-V-E-S. That's our Twitter handle. But we also now have uh, an email set up and it's uh, pod of dot two halves where you use the number two. We went through different names. That's the closest we can get. So that's P-O-D-O-F period, the number two, H-A-L-V-E-S, at gmail.com. Again, that's, our email is P-O-D-O-F, period, the number two, H-A-L-V-E-S, and I'll include those in the show notes as well. So if you have any feedback or anything at all that you want to share with us, feel free anytime. All right, listener, well, look forward to catching you for the next episode on this Friday, and in the meantime, enjoy your week and enjoy your football.